I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Hello, welcome back to To Be Honest. Now let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating some kind of machinery. Let us take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go, let your worries go, let any tension in your body go, and let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in, and exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. As a psychologist and a clinical counselor, I often work with couples, particularly cross-cultural couples. After all, my specialty is in couples and relationship counseling. I often encounter my clients longing for healthier, more loving relationships, and yet. Find themselves overly focused on seeking approval from others or meeting another person's needs, therefore leading to frustration and resentment towards their loved ones. They are often dissatisfied with their partner's ability to meet quote unquote and provide them with the love they so desire. Now, why does this happen? Well, to be honest, there's a myriad reasons. And today, I am going to talk about one of those reasons. And in my view, on this is self-abandonment. Yes, what does it mean to abandon yourself? 
And why does self-abandonment create so much havoc in my clients' relationships? I believe there are many ways that we abandon ourselves, such as ignoring our own feelings, judging or criticizing ourselves, neglecting our basic needs such as sleep and good nutrition, and turning to addictions of all types, from drugs to alcohol to sex to food to work. We also abandon ourselves by blaming others for not making us feel safe, loved, or desired. When we abandon ourselves in relationships, we are expecting others to give us what we don't give to ourselves. Actually, it's more like what we didn't receive growing up. The truth of the matter is, we actually attract people who meet our same level of self-abandonment, so they are unable to give us what we are looking for. Similarly, we cannot possibly give them what they may desire in a partner as well. So I'm sure you can imagine all of this self-abandonment generates anger, stress, depression, or anxiety. And feelings of emptiness, disconnection from ourselves and the other person. So, my audience, I have decided to do something different. I am going to make up a case study so that I can illustrate with the couple what self-abandonment looks like in a relationship and how it can create havoc in the couple's relationship. And I'm going to call this case. Jack and Jill self abandonment. Now Jack is a let's say thirty year old British born and bred, and he has worked in Switzerland, Germany, Sweden, Hong Kong, Singapore, China, and Australia, where he first met Jill. Now Jill is a twenty eight year old Chinese Australian born in China and grew up in Australia. And she studied in Edinburgh for three years whilst Jack was working in Zurich. They have been living together for the past two years, ever since Jack was transferred back to Sydney from Switzerland. However, they have been together on and off for seven years. Now let me tell you Jack's story. He's an investment advisor. He is the oldest by three years of two male children. He describes his father as a selfish, stubborn, moody, and aggressive man who traveled a lot due to his job as a regional engineer for a multi-international corporation. So, when his father was home, the atmosphere in the house would be tense and unhappy. Jack's father would drink a lot and becomes verbally abusive. He remembers his parents fighting and shouting a lot, and when he was only three and a half, they divorced. Jack remembers he threw an object at his father the day the divorce announcement was made, and the object hit his father in between the eyes, and in turn, his father slapped him so hard that he passed out and had to be sent to a hospital. Needless to say, my audience, this is traumatic experience for a three and a half year old child. He thinks his mother is sensitive, eager to please, weak, and would sacrifice anything for him and his brother. He is close to his mother, and he could do no wrong in his mother's eyes. But he feels he has been caring for her since he was young. 
Jill's story. Jill is a model. She is the product of China's one-child policy. Her father is a heavy smoker, drinker, and gambling addict. And Jill saw her parents fought constantly until they immigrated to Australia when she was six. And soon after, her parents decided to separate. Her parents did not divorce until she is fourteen. And although she speaks of her mother with deep affection, it was not always the case. Her mother has been seeing a married man for two decades, and Jill felt upset and ashamed in the beginning. Her first childhood memory is when she was five. Her parents forgot to pick her up from daycare and waited for hours before her grandmother came to her rescue. That was the first of many repeated similar incidents. So, what about when Jack and Jill in couples counseling? The main reason for them to seek couple counseling is because their constant fighting has escalated to physical violence. They both admitted they allowed the fight to escalate to Jill smashing things and destroying properties. Jack would then throw Jill's things out of the apartment and once slapped her across the face when she kicked him. Now, just in case you're wondering, this is not Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. All right. You'll be surprised how many dysfunctional relationships tend to have similar symptoms and characteristics. Meanwhile, Jack accused Jill of infidelity whilst he was in Zurich. She denied it. Jill wishes Jack would stop judging her and instead listen to her and to understand her feelings and to feel loved and be an equal partner. On the other hand, Jack would like Jill to appreciate all that he does for her, instead of being negative all the time, which makes him feel he could never do enough. He wishes her to contain her anger and jealousy. He would also like Jill to be more proactive in their daily life and not, as he presently feels, she does not care and expects him to be in charge of everything. Now I am going to illustrate, based on the backgrounds of both Jack and Jill, on their own self-abandonment issues that cause havoc in their relationship. When I look at Jack and Jill through the lens of their respective childhoods, right, I can see a terrible and yet deeply alluring aesthetic to the storm. It's almost like a perfect storm that so besets their relationship. Jack and Jill simply do not realize that they are actually provoking each other, and leads them into an encounter with those aspects of their family histories, of themselves, and their experiences that are most painful for them. And I'm referring to their unhealed childhood wounds. It is clear to me that both Jack and Jill are in danger of behaving exactly as their parents have in their childhood. To be honest, I could see clearly, like shadows cast on the walls of the apartment and in my consultation room, two hurt children, each in their own experience of being wounded. Jill feels neglected, disregarded, unheard, judged. Disrespected or outright abandoned, 
feelings that are familiar for her to be emotionally alone in the face of being forgotten. Quote unquote. Remember the incident at the daycare center when her parents forgot to pick her up, not once but repeatedly. Being neglected by her parents, and that is a traumatic experience for a young child, who, in many ways similar to Jack, who failed to empathize, respect, and acknowledge her feelings. Now, what about Jack? Jack too is deep in his own old wounds. In his father's absence, since he is four, somehow he learned to be responsible for partnering his mother. Now, based on this case that I made up for、uh, this podcast, his closeness, quote unquote, with his mother, while in some ways nourishing, of course, is endearing to see that a young child is so close and concerned about his mother's well-being. And on top of all that, growing him into the man that he is, nevertheless, it has impacted him negatively. Why? Because he was a child who's been forced. In a way, he was forced to take on adults' responsibilities instead of just being a child. Due to the circumstance at home, to be an adult way too early. Imagine a boy draped in the jacket of a man's role of companionship and carer for a woman. In this case, is Jack's mother. Now maybe, just maybe, Jack managed to soothe his mother's pain temporarily when he was a child. But do you think he's able to truly heal her hurt? Here's another thought-provoking question: Is it really Jill whom he wishes to accuse for expecting him to be in charge of everything and that he could never do enough for her? Do you really think it's Jill that he is referring to, or unconsciously is somebody else? So far, I have shared both of their past childhood traumatic experiences. What if I tell you Jill is also addicted to alcohol as an adult now, and Jack is also a heavy drinker and a workaholic, self-abandonment behaviors. Now let me hit the pause button right now. I want to clarify that I am not saying self-abandonment is the only core reason for any dysfunctional relationships. No, I wish it could be just that simple. In my years of practice, a lot of people, including、uh, the couple that is seeking counseling. They often think that it's about their communication skills, including listening skills. And they have the notion that if they only learn how to communicate with each other better, then all their relationship issues will be resolved. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Many couples that come through my consultation room, similar to this case that I made up with Jack and Jill, actually the sources of their disagreements and differences are not just based on behavioral and communication levels. Rather, it goes deeper than that, such as the powerful beliefs of an individual, myths, and themes which inform the behavior. 
It is my job to helping、uh, clients to unearth all of that, and also I must make sure their themes must be co-evolved by me. And let's say it's Jack and Jill to make certain that the theme does not end up laying blame on one partner. The process obviously has to be non-blaming because it's so easy. To find partners blame each other and continuously to challenge their limiting beliefs, which are constricting or impoverishing to them both. For instance, it may be their personal beliefs and what the beliefs do in the primary couple relationship, how these beliefs play out in other relationships, and finally how they manifest. In the family of origin and culture, let me give you an example. Let's say Jack felt disrespected and angry when Jill revealed to him that her mother thinks it is not loving and inappropriate for him to expect her to contribute to their joint expenses, and Jill agrees. Jill and her mother's belief is that men should pay for everything, specifically when the man is your living boyfriend. Another source of dysfunctional relationship is that many people do not understand the concept of validating self intrinsically rather than extrinsically. More often than not, those people would expect a reward when they think they are behaving well or in a certain manner, and when they don't, they feel resentful. So, my audience, while there are many, many kinds of relationship challenges on the surface, I do believe they are generally caused by one thing, and that is self-abandonment, as I have mentioned earlier. Maybe I should say self-abandonment is at the core of so much that people are suffering from: the anxiety and depression, guilt, shame, and anger, relationship problems, and most variations of addictions. More often than not, they come from self-abandonment and self-rejection. So let's circle back to Jack and Jill. They are no exception. The reason is that they show telltale signs of self-abandonment. One sign is that they learned to get out of their body and get into their head. When they are young, they don't know how to process their pain, and so they learn to disconnect from their body, to disassociate from the physical realm because that is where the pain resides. So when we stay in our head instead of being present inside our body, that means we are ignoring our feelings. We don't know what we feel. Therefore, we cannot take responsibility for them. And when we continue to stay in our head and don't take responsibility for our feelings, we either project them out or make others responsible for them. And that's when the blame comes in. And it's when Jack and Jill make each other responsible for their feelings of safety, happiness, and self-worth that they create a lot of problems in their relationship. This is usually what happens when people get into relationships. They do not know how to love themselves, and they think if they can get love from somebody, then they love rather than to share love, and this creates dysfunctional relationships. Then. There is self-judgment. 
Jack and Jill are self-critical and fault-finding. When they do that, they look to the other to make them feel better from the awful feelings that they are feeling due to having abandoned themselves. A third way that they abandon themselves is Jill turned to alcohol addiction and Jack to work addiction. And again, this is to numb out their feelings. And finally, a fourth way that they abandon themselves is by making somebody else, in this case, is each other, responsible for their feelings. And so, when they are ignoring their feelings and staying in their head and not being in their body and turning to their own addictions and self-judgments, is it any wonder why they blame each other for their feelings? Is it any wonder why the victim archetype is constantly at play? Now, I must admit, the goal to achieve true healing and connectedness with Jack and Jill in this case is paramount. That's why it's vital to continue excavating their individual underlying belief systems that are governing their relationships, such as habitual assumptions, premises, and attitudes that determine the way they respond to each other and life events. Because if they don't, the main concern is that they could easily fall prey to their old ways. So, my audience, let me end by saying: I think that there is an aspect of our growth and healing that is seldom addressed by current psychological approaches. Having said that, I also believe that there are a number of practitioners out there. For instance, like myself, they are working on this aspect of the psychological approach. And I am optimistic and happy about that. In the case of Jack and Jill, the ability to truly love and accept the different parts of themselves and to create a secure inner bond between them is key. To put it in a nutshell, in order to achieve that, they must first look within. Be mindful of their self-abandonment behaviors. They can start by taking responsibility for their own thinking process, feelings, and needs. Thank you for listening, and until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O dot com. Mm-hmm.